0: This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. Just reading some reviews, actually, of the 13-inch MacBook Pro. just seems odd what they've done, I guess, to hit price point, but yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a funny one. It sort sort of feels very much like they've updated it. Just to sort of get rid of the keyboard complaint and give it a bit of a bump. And it's it's quite a bit of a bump in some places. But against the sixteen inch MacBook Pro, it's a bit weird. It sort of feels like it's um it's not quite the upgrade I was expecting, because I think I was expecting the fourteen inch. It
0: seems weird. You've got the low end thirteen inch and then you've got the air. Yep. And there's some interesting trade-offs between the two, actually, if you start looking at the detail. The biggest one for me is that the Air has got the better GPU than the entry-level 13 Pro. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like little weird things like that, and it's like, what? That, that shouldn't be right, surely. Um, I think the main thing, well, not the main thing, because, I mean, really, who's going to, at that price point, but the main, one, one thing that I've seen mentioned is that the Air can drive the 6K display yep whereas the thirteen inch base entry level pro can't and again that just feels odd, doesn't it?
1: It does it sort of says, um so if I imagine like the air is adopting a bit of the same sort of space that the twelve inch MacBook used to adopt, yep yep um which it does because the twelve inch doesn't exist uh then what you've got there is you've got a subset of users that have the air because it is so light and it is so portable, but they are otherwise, um, they're not necessarily interested in the the overall grunt of the MacBook Pro, uh, but they would really love a really nice monitor. It's kind of a strange kind of crossover. I, I mean, I'm kind of um, generalizing in, in a sense and coming up with stereotypes, but... What I mean is is somebody who's got the money to have what they want, and what they want is a macBook that's really really light um, but then when they're at a desk they they would potentially be in the market for um for the more expensive monitor and I don't mean to say that that they're going to buy you know the the six k but knowing that it can go up to that is potentially important. Mm, I think it's something to do with
0: display stream compression, I think, in that the MacBook Air GPU can do it and the entry-level 13 Pro can't. And that's simply because I think of 10th-gen Intel stuff going on.
1: That makes sense.
0: Because the base 13 Pro is still on 8th-gen Intel chips, which seems a little bit weird again. That's going back a bit, isn't it, now? Um,
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be interested in the base
0: no but then to go to Just the next level up to get the 10th gen stuff and the better graphics and you, you, I think the starting price is like seventeen ninety nine dollars 99 and at that, at that point that's like Well, wow, that's a lot of money for for a 13 inch MacBook um yeah to me that's starting to creep into 16 inch territory but then I suppose if you want the size and the form factor then you'll pay it but
1: it's an awkward choice it is isn't it uh because, as soon as I hit that sort of like it's starting to rub up to that price point, I start to think, well, actually, I really wanted the fourteen inch as an idea. I wanted a machine that had that um that slightly less uh bezel um and and just to to kind of feel like it was a bit newer in some sense because it still looks you know a lot like the existing models before, yeah, uh. So then that would automatically start nudging me towards the 16-inch, but I would probably prefer the 13-inch for size. Um, Yeah, it's an awkward choice. Uh, If I was in the market right now for buying a new machine, I would probably be thinking, well, do I hold on? Do I wait? You know, is this kind of like they've, they've, they've done what they've done to sort of get beyond the keyboard issues and to refresh the lineup, but is there something else that's going to come out? you know, later in the year or early next year.
0: Yeah, next year is kind of what I'm hearing with um, mini LED screens. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, 14-inch would have that in it. And obviously they'd re- you know, refresh the 16-inch to go alongside it. But yeah, it's, um, it's weird. It, ju- it just feels like Intel are just an Apple. They're just not the right fit for each other anymore. Like really not the right fit. Especially in when you start thinking about thirteen-inch notebook computers. I mean, maybe when you get into the sixteen-inch, uh, and then obviously iMac, iMac Pro, Mac Pro. It's kind of like, yeah, okay, they've they've got their place. But when it comes to like the MacBook Air, it just feels like that time's been and gone now. Arm is obviously gonna gonna take over, isn't it? Um, in, in that space, it's yeah the writings on the wall, and it's just a, a case of kind of how and when rather than rather than if I would say at this point.
1: It feels like it really does because if you compare like those machines against the iPad range, just in terms of what the iPad is capable of doing now, certainly in the the iPad pro, uh, it starts to become a case of the the R machines feel like they're starting to overtake them in terms of power. At that at that end of the scale, you know, if I put a, a, an iPad Pro alongside a um, a MacBook Air, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, software-wise, you're going to have to probably reach a little bit to put something that compares them very, very directly and all the rest of it. I don't know anything about benchmarking an iPad um, at all, but it feels like they've gotten to a stage where they're, they're fast enough you know, for that end of the line easily fast enough. And so we're just kind of waiting now on the software to sort of handle that, you know, and, uh, and a version of Mac OS that can run on those ARM chips, I guess is what I'm really saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and no doubt it's existed for a long time. I think it's the everything else, isn't it, that has to sort of be able to to come along for the ride, as it were. And I, yeah, I don't know. I keep thinking, is this the year at Dub Dub that we're gonna mm-hmm. we're finally gonna be told? Because you know, you listen to all the leakers. It seems like twenty twenty one is when they expect devices to ship. Yep. So probably be a good idea if they told us this year. <laughs> Do you think? Ah, <laughs> uh, unless they if don't it's need going to. to
1: impact. Yeah, I was going, that's that's the thing. Do they need to? And and. I feel like the answer to that is yes, but perhaps slightly no. <laughs> sort of like a, and it depends. Um, I think to articulate that better, what I mean is that I feel like there's going to be a route here where if your app is in the App Store, um, so it's in the Mac, Mac App Store, and if you've adopted sandboxing and if you are tick all the boxes in terms of compiling um, with bitcode, that side of things, uh, then I feel like the answer is that it may not even matter. You know, if Apple bring out um, an ARM-based Mac next week, your app in the App Store in combination with, with all of those factors could potentially be just available in that app store for that device. Um, and that might be a bit of a jump. There might be one or two steps that I'm missing inside of that, but that feels to me like a very Apple way of doing it. You know, if you're already doing this, 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 and this that plays inside of our walled garden, things are great. You know, you don't need to worry. And and that feels like that might be sort of the the general developer message that would come out of DubDub Dub this year if they're going to communicate it. Mm-hmm. To me, that that sort of feels like it would be very much a case of going, um, just just do what we recommend, and this is what we, rec- we recommend, and then when the day comes, you'll already be there. And what that will create then is this big push of apps trying to get themselves into the Mac App Store. We might have another six to nine months before those ARM devices hit, um, in the meantime, it's this big boon to macOS in terms of, of of people bringing their apps into that app store and potentially see some sideways movement in terms of all the efforts that have been made with Catalyst, um, so UI kit on the Mac and that sort of thing, which then means that maybe we see some bleed over into iPad versions of those apps. It's a sort of move that, you know, if they're going to kind of, nudge developers at all to me it kind of feels like that would be the the positive move you know it's okay you've got to do all this work but here's the payoff you know you're then yeah. ready on day one for these devices and I'll, you know depending on the app of course there might be some sideways benefits of being on iOS as well on, on iPadOS Do you think that
0: could sort of lead to a, a more iPad-y feeling Mac when all said yeah. and done?
1: I, I feel it could... Um, I, I would start to wonder what the real distinction is after a point. Uh, but in in other ways, no, because you would still, I would imagine, on an ARM-based Mac, you would still be able to install stuff outside of the Mac App Store. It's just that the route for that software to be available on day one is perhaps not there, you know, not in the same way, or it would, be, would require... Um, some level of of compilation with a beta over on an x86 Mac that is chucking out the ARM-based binaries.
0: Mm. It wouldn't surprise Uh, me if their pitch is somewhere along the lines of we've studied customers of our MacBook Air, and we've actually found that they only install X amount of apps, and they're so happy with the -the out-of-the-box experience. They don't need too many more apps, and the apps they do use they mostly get from the Mac app store. Yep. And I wonder whether that will be some kind of, there will be some kind of story or narrative there that they try and go into. Um, I don't know. Possibly. I, I kind of feel mixed about it in a way because I, one part of me is like, and before I got my 16 inch, I was like, yeah, bring it on. Like arm. Um, can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Just all the things they could do if they own the whole stack from Silicon all the way up through, to you know the application layer um just think of what they could do in terms of optimizations at the silicon level i mean they could even optimize if they wanted to maybe for like swift compilation or or, or who knows what um really set themselves apart and then i get this 16 inch macbook and i start booting into windows quite a bit to game and i'm like oh i wouldn't be i just wouldn't be able to do this if they moved to arm
1: probably not no
0: no um which is actually a massive benefit I'm getting from this machine at the moment. I I didn't expect to, um, but you know, here we are. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I feel less keen for it now, oddly. Um, And I'm less keen for a Mac that comes out the other end that isn't, is in any way a a diluted Mac experience. Uh, Because then like you say, why, why are we not all just buying iPads at that point? So I feel like on that basis, if we're going to retain the Mac as the Mac as we know it, albeit fine, we won't be able to boot into Windows, you know, big deal. Um, But to keep the Mac as the Mac as we know it, I kind of think there's got to be more to it than just, oh, yeah, we've just recompiled all your stuff on our App Store servers and now it will be available. I kind of feel like they need to do more and therefore we need to be told And it seems like, you know, DubDub would be the obvious time to do that if devices are going to ship next year. But then with the whole, like, COVID thing and DubDub being in a new format, I don't know, would they maybe not do it this year because of that?
1: I think they'd be more concerned about um, their own developer resourcing and how they would support the transition, you know, regardless of whether DubDub's physical or remote or, or what if it's on its way it's because there's machines on their way and that means there's a a whole pipeline of stuff that they probably wouldn't want to disrupt um so i guess i would doubt that they would delay it if it was already planned if it was already in the works
0: yeah well i hope so i kind of feel like I kind of feel excited for Dub Dub for that reason. I'm not feeling excited about yeah. Dub Dub for many other reasons, actually, this year. Um, <laughs> I kind of feel like I've got enough to be getting on with as it is um, <laughs> without other stuff um, being thrown at me. But I just really want to see how this shakes out. And I really hope it starts this year. I really do. Because, you know, I mean, I love the 16-inch MacBook. I really do. It's, it's phenomenal. I've never been this happy with a with a computer that I've had. It's just... It's versatility is what I think I love about it so much. In that one minute, yep. it's a Mac, and I'm sat here with you recording um, on battery, and it's going to last for ages. And then I can just plug it in at my desk, and I've got a, a gaming PC um, for all intents and purposes. And I, I just love that about it. But if they go ARM, I could see my next Mac perhaps being something more along the lines of the 13-inch Air slash Pro with an ARM chip in it. Yep. I really could. Especially if there's Amazing. some benefit for developers, in, you know, if they you know, chuck a thing on a slide saying, oh, hey, an Xcode compiles really quick on our ARM chips because guess what? Our chip, our software, our OS, it all runs like magic. So, <laughs> you know, that would be all it would need really to to convince me. And then for my gaming, I guess I'll just build a tower or something like that.
1: Yep. Um
0: so yeah, it kind of feels. I kind of feel in a funny position, like I've dumped all this money into a 16-inch MacBook. Um, actually, gotten quite into the whole Windows side of things, which I still feel conflicted about. Despite the fact I only use it as a game launcher, it still feels a little bit icky, sort of booting it up into Windows. Um, yeah, probably should get over that at some point, but um, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. Are these MacBooks like the last of their kind? You know, especially the 13-inch.
1: Ones that we're seeing now? Feels like it. The 13-inch especially. Um, Yeah. I I just... um, I don't know. I think that's what makes me so curious to find out about um, the ARM transition and to have something explained by Apple and and to have some sort of basic kind of roadmap for it. Because even if we find out, like, okay, there's there's a shift towards setting all of these preconditions to enable day one for ARM to be smooth, even if that's the only bit of message and there's no insight into what those machines look like, at least we'll know that there's a transition. We'll know there's something sort of coming in that direction. And, and it feels, for me, I know I've anticipated this now for at least two or three years. You know, it's, we've we've talked about it a lot on this show before I remember the um, the big rumour um, is it maybe two, two and a half years ago? Oh, not the slash slashdot uh, thing. Yeah, the thing that was, yeah. um, and it described the 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 arm-based Mac, and it described it in a way very similar to what I've described just earlier on in terms of it being um, an App Store-only device, um, and all these other bits and bobs. And every so often, I feel like actually what we've got now on iPad with iPad OS is kind of that, in some ways, or it's nearly that. You know, it's not a desktop experience, but it's it's starting to get closer to it. And so I'm excited, you know, I kind of want to see which bits of that rumor bear out to have been correct, because that gives you an idea of pipelines and timelines and things. You know, they were looking at that then, and now we've got this aspect of it here in iPad, and we've got this other aspect of it going on in Macs here, and yeah, I'm kind of excited to sort of see the circle close on that rumour and, you know, see what, what pops out in, in real life. Because, uh, yeah, it sort of feels like these things take a long time um, to actually sort of come through. Um, so it would be nice to kind of kind of get, get to the other end of the story on that one. Um, from a user perspective, I think I'm excited for the same reasons as, as you were describing before about... Um, potentially the machine's starting to become quite optimized for certain tasks um and, and and different abilities sort of popping out depending on what those arm chips are capable capable of and what they can do um i think that's going to be quite exciting
0: yeah that but, absolutely um how far will they take it that's the next thing like the mac yeah. pro <laughs> imagine if you've just spent like $52,000 or whatever it is on a maxed out Mac <laughs> Pro and then it's like, oh yeah, surprise. <laughs> They've all gone arm. And you're like, what? I need- that was literally like a year ago I spent all that money. I can't really see them tackling the high end anytime soon. But, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I really wouldn't. I, wouldn't I mean just either. Just look at the results we've seen on the iPad Pro and that's a chip from 2018. I mean, yep. I think back to when that was released, that was quite a while ago. I mean, that's before Oliver was born. Um, yeah. Before I started the job I currently have, I mean, I was sat in a field podcasting from my car in a campsite. I mean, that's how that was a long time ago that I did that. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and that is still the chip, basically, that's in the 2020 iPad Pros, except they've um, enabled one more graphics core that was yeah. there the whole time, but they just couldn't reliably fabricate all eight to be reliable, but they could you know, reliably fabricate seven of them. So they just disabled the one that came up bad. Um, yep. So it's basically the same chip.
1: Um, obviously with the improvement that they can now fabricate without that failure rate. Yeah, exactly. I guess, so that, yeah.
0: Yeah, so they've just got better at the, at the manufacturing side, I guess. But to think that that chip is still so highly kind of thought after and it's getting on for two years old. And, you know, you see, like, the, um, I don't know if you saw it, there was, I think Gruber put on Daring Fireball about it, that the iPhone SE single-threaded performance was, I think, faster than one of the 16-inch MacBook Pro configurations. (laughs) And it's like, this is a chip in a 399 uh, phone. Phone, yeah. That is, like, you know, it has no cooling or no active cooling.
1: Yeah. and it's kind of crazy
0: yeah and and like you say like i I don't know enough about benchmarking to be like well yeah okay fair enough it's using the same benchmarking tool like geekbench but a result of 5000 on an arm device on ios is very different to a result of like 5000 on an intel mac yeah i I don't know i yeah like i said it's a bit of a mystery to me but just I, I have to take it that if you know, the scores are like considered roughly equal, if they come out with the same numbers, um, staggering. Just like think of what it could do if you were to put an ARM chip in this 16-inch MacBook chassis with all the thermal capacity that it has. Yeah, uh, and I think the way ARM scales is that you just kind of chuck cores. So it, you know, 64 core chips wouldn't be um, wouldn't surprise me at some stage. Um, you know, if you saw that in the context of an Intel Mac, you'd be like, "Whoa, a 64-core Intel chip—that's crazy!" Because like the the core holds more value based on yeah. the, the difficulty we perceive it is for Intel to add them. But I think with like kind of ARM chips, we're going to see like a lot of cores because that is basically how they can scale the performance up. Um, yeah, but I mean, just think of what they could do um,
1: on the on the Mac Pro sort of side of things. I kind of imagine a situation where, yeah, you've got those multiple cores, but also you potentially have a situation where they are more energy efficient, depending on how they tune them, what they do with them, and all of that side of stuff. You know, the the, the power saving side of ARM kind of comes in, and I wonder if that's going to be a factor. So then you've got, um, imagine you've got Mac Pros running as servers, or you've got a Mac Mini server farm and all of a sudden the, the, the benefit of, of having this machine is that you're saving X percent in electricity bills, you know, which could yeah. count for a lot depending on what the the group of machines that you've got are doing, you know, this, this could be quite a big selling point or certainly an upgrade kind of nudge you know, when the time comes it's sort of a case of, well, we can replace with all of this kit and we get this benefit on the other side Um, that would be an argument as well for for macOS to continue being open in terms of, um, you know, a command line and configuration where you can install whatever software that you want to install on it. Um, That would be an argument for that side of macOS to to remain in those situations. And I, I really don't feel like that's going to poof out of existence with this. I think that's going to be there still. I feel like it shouldn't, because
0: uh, otherwise it's like, yeah, why... What is the Mac at that point? Yeah. That's kind of like why I gravitate more towards Mac OS than I do iPad OS, is that kind of... That openness is that I can sort of crack open the terminal and get at it, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, both have got their place. Don't, you know, I'm not taking sides to. I, I completely understand where both are appropriate. But for me, like I say, I've got this new iPad Air in the house and I just don't know what to do with it. Like I've got no real need besides web browsing I'm like well yeah <laughs> it doesn't do any of the things I want it to do and, and the Mac does um, so I, I really really um, hate to see the Mac be diluted by any amount in any sense as a result of this that's kind of where I kind of live in fear of that a little bit I think maybe that's me sort of holding on to the past I, I, I don't know but i I think the Mac's pretty awesome. I I wouldn't really want to see it see that go away.